Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. When it comes to the impact your preaching makes in people's lives, how would you describe your expectations? Would you say they're high, low, uh, realistic, optimistic? Um, Do you anticipate that God is working through, the Holy Spirit is working through your message uh, in big ways, small ways, quiet ways, loud ways, any ways? Um, Expectations are very tricky, and they're tricky for us as preachers especially. On one hand, we know we should all have high expectations. After all, the Word of God is living and active, and it's able to penetrate the hardness of hearts and bring about spiritual transformation, Hebrews 4 and verse 12. What's more, uh, our God can do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, Ephesians 3 and verse 20. So we've been personally and powerfully impacted by sermons that we all have heard. It's how God commissions the gospel. It's how the Holy Spirit works today through the Word. We've all seen God graciously uh, use our preaching of the gospel to change someone's eternal destiny. So we have good reason for great expectations. I mean, if you're praying for rain, walk out with an umbrella, right? But on the other hand, many of us have preached very long and long enough to know that the dramatic changes really and rarely come uh, from an individual message. Judging by the typical conversations in the lobby immediately after the Sunday service, it's about ball games or business or barbecues. And we sometimes wonder if our sermons are having an impact at all, really. We can also look at the lives of some who have listened to our preaching for years and not really seen much evidence of significant spiritual progress. So perhaps we should lower our expectations to lessen our frustrations. Uh, as Dr. Richard Swinson says, unrealistic expectations are premeditated resentments. Hmm. Many of us live with some tension when it comes to expectations. We want to preach full of faith, but don't don't want to wind up, you know, full of disappointment. Uh, we want to aim high, but not sink low if we don't see immediate results. So to keep our hearts strong, uh, we'll need to, we'll need to. I guess right size our expectations when it comes to resetting expectations as a preacher. Maybe we need to be benefited from the reflecting on Jesus' story of the four souls, Luke chapter 8, 4 through 15. And this, her- this parable helps us uh, collaborate our expectations in a very theologically uh, wise way. Jesus' parable reminds us that as we faithfully broadcast God's word, we can expect, number one, different kind of results, but number two, uh, incremental rates of growth, and then number three, varying amounts of fruit. So let's kind of look at those different things, different kind of results, uh, different kinds of results in, in, in the first of ways. Jesus told the parable of the souls to explain the spectrum of responses to his preaching. Uh, he pictured his message as the seed and his hearers as the soul. The, the determining variable in the different responses to, to his preaching was the condition of the soul, uh, the condition of the heart and the life of the hearer. The same seed produced different results in the various souls. The seed that fell on the path that never penetrated the soil and never germinated, it it was immediately stolen away by Satan and quickly forgotten. The seed falling on rocky soil had an immediate but short-lived impact. The seed landing among the thorns 
showed early promise but proved ultimately unproductive, choked out by the worries and cares of life. Only the seed landing on good soil took root and bore fruit. Jesus' parable should shape our expectations as preachers. On any given Sunday, all four souls show up at church and at worship, and as a result, we should anticipate that our sermons will have different effects on those who listen. Those whose hearts are hard will not get very much out of the message, regardless of our faithful preparation, uh, regardless of your passionate uh, presentation. Um, there was once a cartoon showing a man sitting in his office at work, and the caption read, Jim remembers something that his preacher said last Sunday. In so, in, in, in pa- <laughs> Let me start over. Jim remembers something his preacher said in last Sunday's sermon. Now, that sounds encouraging until we learn that Jim remembers his preacher saying, it's hot in here, or is it just me? <laughs> Could somebody please check the thermostat? For those whose hearts have become hardened, this may be just about all that they'll remember from last week's sermon. Thankfully, as we, as we also preach to those with honest and good hearts, Luke eight fifteen, these people receive the word of God implanted that can save their souls, James one twenty one. They prove to be uh, more than hearers of the word, but also doers as well, verse 22 of James 1. So the message, the same message that deflects the hearts of the hardened gets absorbed and applied in the in the lives of good soul in a very fruitful way. So all of this implies that we should preach with dual expectations. We should realistically expect some to remain unmoved and unchanged by our very best of effort at preaching at God's word. But at the same time, we should be optimistic. We should be anticipating others that, that they'll become ready to they'll come ready to receive and to respond God's word in life shaping, uh, transformative ways. Paradoxically we should preach with both high and low expectations for the impact of our messages. So number one, expect different kinds of results. Number two, let's talk about incremental rates of growth. The parable of the souls helps us on another level, um, and really just to see this. It it not only reminds us to expect different kinds of results, it teaches us to expect different rates of growth. Jesus' agricultural metaphor highlights the truth that that growth occurs over time. So, in fact, incremental, unspectacular growth is the norm. Occasionally, plants spring up in visible ways. Typically, uh, growth is far less dramatic. So, what's true for plants in in generally uh, seems to be the case uh, for people as well. Like many parents, um, maybe maybe you've got a. Um, a wall in your house or, or a doorpost in your house where you've charted the physical growth of your children. Uh, maybe every six months you go in there and you stand them up against the wall, you mark their height, you go back, you look, you date it, and all those sorts of things. Sometimes growth can be very dramatic, um, met with a lot of growing pains, uh, but sometimes it's less dramatic. Um, it's slower. But, but almost all of the time, physical growth is... Uh, even though it's difficult to detect on a day-to-day basis, physical growth is ongoing. So, you know, the same is true when it comes to spiritual growth. You may not see the day-to-day, but over time, when you look at that person and you look at their lifestyle, you see growth. So what's true of physical growth is also true of spiritual growth. It it, it normally occurs incrementally. So while Christians do experience, you know, growth spurts and, and and enthusiastic changes, um, 
most growth in grace is gradual. Uh, it's difficult to detect on a week week by week basis, you know. And this should encourage us to keep preaching the word, even even when we fail to see dramatic evidence of spiritual growth in the lives of our hearers. Um, one particular fellow heard I um, was having a conversation with his son, and he, he remembers um, a, a radio interview uh, with somebody who was specifically in youth ministry, and it was on. Uh, I mean, he was a specialist, and, and he advised, you know, youth leaders and, and youth ministers to spend less time preparing messages and more time making personal contact with students. Um, you know, after all, the, the youth minister, if you will, um, and the students, they're, they're not necessarily going to remember the messages, but they'll remember that you came to their soccer games uh, or that you took them to Starbucks. We we have a very good, thriving children's ministry here at Piedmont Road. Um, we have a, a deacon, Josh Zarnt, and, and his wife. They do a great job in, in planning events and, and being there and, and keeping the enthusiasm high. Um, like, you know, what I do with Petey, uh, the little green fella. Uh, you, you want children to develop a relationship. When they walk into the building, they're not re- going to remember all the stories that you told them. They're going to remember... Uh, the feeling that they felt. Uh, you know, specifically, teachers that you have in your life that, that made an impact on your life, whether that be, you know, a Bible class teacher or school teacher, um, probably both, that they they made an impact on your life. And you don't remember what they taught necessarily the day-to-day, but you remember the impact that they had on your life. So especially when it comes to younger folks, it's all about relationships. Um, the older folks may want to settle more for meat. They They may... Uh, don't long for the relationships that you know kids and, and young professionals do, um, but but they long for meat. But anyway, so everybody's different. Uh, everybody is different. So the same holds true for you know spiritual meals as we think about um, you know eating growing up and, and and Thanksgiving dinners and all that sort of stuff. Um, Spiritual meals that you and I sit at um, every week, or, or or we preach every week, um, people may only remember, you know, a few of our sermons. But but faithfully feeding them God's words help them helps them grow up to be very healthy, very strong Christians. Growth may look unspectacular in the short run, but it is still significant in the long run. So, you know, number one, expect different kinds of results. Number two, um, understand that growth comes, you know, incrementally. In, incrementally. It's, a, it's a slow process. But then number three, varying amounts of fruits. There is, there's, one, there's one more lesson that we can really take from Jesus' parable of the souls, and we can expect our preaching to produce a different amount of fruit in the lives of our hearers. The seed that was planted in good soil produced a, a yield of, of 30, 60, or 100-fold. And this truth reminds us that even, even among those with honest, good hearts, the impact of our message will not be, will not be uniform. Not everybody who receives it receives it the same way and, and produces the same amount of fruit. We should expect differing amounts of spiritual fruit in the lives of those who respond to the word. That's just the truth. The fact that, that some show a hundredfold uh, and that rate of growth should not cause us to dismiss the thirtyfold or the sixtyfold brothers and sisters. Uh, as Paul reminded the Corinthians, it is God who gives the increase and in the growth. First Corinthians three and verse seven. 
So all in all, Jesus' parable of the soils uh, really tells us to, to preach with, with both raised and very realistic expectations. We get a picture of what this looks like in ministry. Um, in one, one particular person's ministry, uh, Charles Spurgeon, uh, Spurgeon stepped into the pulpit with great expectations that, that God would use his words uh, and use his word uh, to save the lost and, and sanctify the saved. And, and Spurgeon expected other preachers to have the same outlook. Uh, one particular preacher came to Spurgeon for advice in admitting his disappointment that so few uh, were putting their, their trust in, in Christ for salvation uh, when he preached. And, and Spurgeon reportedly asked the discouraged preacher, he said, quote, But surely you do not always expect conversions when you preach. Uh, no, of course I don't, the minister replied. Well then, Spurgeon said, be it unto you according to your faith. So a preacher's raised expectations uh, evidence his robust Christ-honoring faith. Now, while Spurgeon preached, you know, with soaring expectations, he he remained um, in his world theologically grounded, realistic at the same time. Um, and as he ascended each step up into the pulpit, he silently uh, whispered to himself, "I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit." And, and he understood that unless the Spirit of God worked through the Word that he proclaimed. Nothing of eternal significance would happen. And that's the truth with me and you. It is not the way that we present the Word. It is not our charismatic style. It is not our uh, uh, college lecture style. It is not our uh, passionate, necessarily, pursuit of the preaching of the Word. It's God that does it. Sometimes you feel like your preaching just flopped, but you receive such good words or encouragement, or somebody can't be baptized. Other times you feel like that your sermon was out of this, you knocked it out of the park, but, but nobody received it. So, we should have high um, and low expectations when it comes to the impact of our preaching. Um, that's, that's just simply the answer. On one hand, preach with the sober realization that you cannot change a person's heart, that you cannot bring about spiritual transformation, even with your very best of sermon and, prep and presentation. But also at the same time, preach with confident assurance that God's Spirit uses His Word to bring about the new birth and the spiritual growth. And so, you know, as you step up to speak, you probably, <laughs> if you don't say it, it, it would do you some good to say this. You know, Father, I believe in what your Spirit's about to do. I believe that your Spirit is about to work through these words, that He is going to do that. You need that confidence going into the into the preaching. Uh, you look across the brotherhood. Some, some, some... Um, preachers who will say are uh, <laughs> you know sixes or sevens in the look the look category have some some very beautiful wives and they they would say that they fell in love with the man and, and the and the gospel that he preached and the confidence that he that he was in you can find very uh quote nerdy guys with you know the the bombshell of a of a wife or on, around his arm because of his confidence now, this isn't to say that you need to have confidence in your preaching, but you need to be confident when you step into that pulpit that you are producing God's fruit through His Word, uh, and you expect the same result out of your people. So, when we allow Scripture to set and to shape our expectations as, as preachers, we, we develop a greater sense of security and the confidence that God's Spirit is at work. And as we will see um, in the following episodes, internal security uh, is another important way we can guard our hearts and strengthen our souls 
to proclaim God's word. May God bless you in the preaching of his word.